What's up, guys? We're back. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been too long, and I know you guys are super frustrated super about pissed. it. Super pissed. Super. Sorry, man. We got a lot. We got a lot going on. And yeah, it's been a lot. It's been a crazy month and a half. Yeah, and you would think that with us being together, we would drop a lot more, but I think our I think our video content game's been strong lately. Yeah, it's been good. We've been doing a, a tremendous amount of learning, and it's been a steep curve, And uh, but we've been having a great time doing it. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, all the stuff that I've been learning and being able to uh, have an opportunity to focus on so you can develop yeah. some skills. Yeah. It's always cool to new to, to learn new things. That's it's one of those things that I just really enjoy doing. Yeah. Because being a student all over again. Yeah, because now you now as a teacher though, you get a chance to look at it from a different yeah, perspective and yeah. go, How's that information coming across? Mm-hmm. And like what's my experience like yep. right now? Yep. Which is cool because it helps us constantly develop yeah. new things. Yeah. Before we get too wrapped in to let's let's uh let's do our yeah, badass intro. intro. For guys, up, guys, for I'm guys, Caitlin. yeah. And I'm Phil, Phil Vallejo. And we're the Modern Day Sniper Podcast. And um, for those of you guys who don't know what the Modern Day Sniper Podcast is, um, or if this is your first uh, listen, the Modern Day Sniper Podcast is for law enforcement, military snipers, uh, competitors in the sport, hunters, and just enthusiasts. Whatever, if this is your hobby. Um, this podcast is all about your journey as a rifleman and what that's all about the both the mental game the emotional game and the physical game of it and um, what drives us in in our pursuit to be teachers in this space and to be uh, a modern day rifleman so yeah that's what this podcast is all about yeah thanks for uh, for everyone that's listening again sorry for the delay Uh, for you guys newcomers welcome hopefully you guys uh, enjoy this podcast hopefully you guys enjoy uh the other 26 podcasts that we have but uh i mean it's i feel like we're still in its infancy uh even modern day sniper as a whole is still very much in its infancy uh and i'm really looking forward to uh the future of it so should we should we break the news let's break the news all right guys so the news that we want to share with everyone is i am a full-time employee of Modern Day Sniper. Yep. So it's our, it's like dash one, um, and now dash two. So that's been a, it's a big step for us. Um, it's been a lot of a lot of growth, um, and you know we the only people I have to thank for that are the followers, right, and our yeah. listeners and yeah. our customers, and um, we appreciate every single one of them. It's like. It's, um, that's the lifeblood, yep. right? So people yep. that have trust and faith in us to, to do the right thing. And like, we, we don't take that lightly, you know? It's yeah, a big that's deal. right. We just talked about this. Yeah. 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 So dude, I'm like super excited yep. to have you on board. I mean, this was a huge step. This yeah. wasn't something that, that was taken lightly no. by any stretch. Yeah. Um, fucking amazing. Right. Yeah. So We've had a pretty rad month and a half. Yeah. I mean, we've had a pretty rad few years since really kind of when we first met at SHOT Show. And um, man, it's been it's been awesome. I think the transition from being, and I think as we progress as modern day sniper, one thing we always talk about is understanding the mentorship aspect of what we do. 
and it's important, especially to our fellow uh, brothers in the community that are looking to transition outside in the civilian world, because it's scary, right? It's scary to uh, do what we do and we love so much doing, which is the art of sniping, which is being in a like-minded community of guys that, you know, just want to live that thrill. But eventually it's going to come to an end. Yep. Right? And fortunately for us, although that lifestyle of, you know, carrying packs and dealing with Marine Corps shit, like that came to an end, but what didn't come to an end for us was the pursuit of being a rifleman, mm -hmm. you know? And for sure, that's continue continues to keep me what's what's going and, and feed the machine and and looking back, it's you know we just talked about this right before dinner. Like, you know, my my main goal and purpose in life is to is to inspire other snipers to just get out of their comfort zone, sure. because it's just going to make them so much deadlier. Like, if I knew what I knew now at the you know uh, after i graduated cyber school or whatever the case might be it's like man like how more effective i would have been as a team leader as a chief scout as as whatever uh just because it's like i mean we we only know what we don't know this is true well if you look at like history right so you're talking about like the the path of of that I mean, the art of the rifle, that's what our country was formulated. That's right. I mean, like, if you literally get down to its roots, now whether you're using the art of the rifle for uh, a military purpose um, or whether you're using the art of the rifle as um, a purpose of sustenance, right? Those skills were honed yep. really fast. And so, yep. like, that was a part of American heritage. And it's a part of not only just American heritage, right? But it's a part of um, I think like mankind's growth in in civilization and society, right? So like everybody's used a rifle to get to the next level in their yeah. society, yeah. of their development, yeah. right? So yeah. I think it's it's definitely um, it's definitely all about history. You gotta stay you gotta stay aware of history. I think right. If you don't stay aware of history, you kind of you kind of end up losing track of yeah. where you came from. So that's what we're all about, yeah. right? Yeah. And we've had, a, we've had a great month and a half of just kind of bringing new ideas together. And um, you have a different way of thinking than I do. And that is really cool to bring together. But, it, but it like, it's like we meet at a certain point, mm -hmm. right? Where I'm able to see things from a different angle, but our vision is still almost like identical, yep. you know, in terms of, the end yeah, the end product. Right. And, and even when I was watching you go through your wind clinic and go through their mentorship programs that you went through since I've been here, um, and the technical rifle hunter, right. Like, it's like, it was, it was like, literally I was watching myself teach <laughs> and I was like, bro, this is legit. And I was literally just, as you guys can see, I was just, really on the camera and doing my teacup blog, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, you know, and, and, uh, I appreciate you bringing me onto the team and, and, uh, what I think a lot of people are probably going to be confused about is like, okay, well, what is, what is, I guess this aspect of what I'm doing different than what I was doing before. And I, I think it's having the ability to 
create our own schedule based around our needs um, Mm -hmm. as first and foremost uh, fathers. Um, And that's a big, that's a really big thing that I'd like to talk about real quick in the, in the podcast is like, it's like, Hey, like, and we just talked about it again at dinner, like what, again, as, as the men that we are and, and we are essentially a victim of your own success, mm-hmm. right? Where like, I mean, from the time that I became a sniper, like I dedicated all of my, my life and passion to understanding the craft, to give back to my Marines and what took the blunt of that sacrifice for my time was my family, mm-hmm. especially my relationship with my daughter, you know, and you have showed me that I can still do that. Um, uh, still pursue my passion of being a teacher and, and, uh, a precision rifle instructor, but also have time with my daughter that I wasn't able to, to have, yeah. you know, with my previous, you know, and, and I appreciate you for that. Well, I appreciate you saying that, man. I mean, it's one of those things where, um, the balance, you can see people get way sideways with that stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, I want to make sure that, that my son has this, has a really good relationship, a solid relationship. And for me, that, that includes time and that includes putting the effort in to teach, to teach him the, the things that he needs to know to be, you know, um, a self-sufficient young man and both like physically, emotionally and mentally, cognitively, um, like those are all, all important things. And the only way that that's going to happen is if you spend the time and it's really important because I didn't always have that, you know, and, and like we make it a point to sit down and eat dinner, right? We make it a point to sit and eat breakfast and connect and make sure that we have the talks that we need to have so that everybody's solid, right? Everybody's healthy. Yeah. It's important. Yep. So it's what allows us to do what we do. Yeah, that's right. right? So it's, it's what allows us to, to be creative. It's what, uh, it's what allows us to really take the opportunity to really understand what it means to like take care of yourself. Because if you don't take care of yourself, it'll stifle your growth. It'll stifle your development. That's right. Yeah. So that's really important. Well, I think the the one thing that did change, because again, I I don't know if people that are listening to really understand kind of my dynamic, but for the first year at Gumworks, I didn't have my daughter, right? I was, I was there by myself. And honestly, I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to get her when I got her full time last year. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I was by myself, I mean, again, I, I pretty much lived at the range. I'd, I'd be there in the morning, set up, do class, and then I'd, I'd train right afterwards for a couple more hours because I didn't have no one to go back to, you know? Right. And then when I got my daughter full-time, that is the only person, that was the only thing that I was thinking about every day was getting back to my little girl. Yeah. You know? It changes things. Oh, yeah. For sure. 100%. I mean, you know, it's totally different, like, as you say, like, on the road, over the road. And like, I don't want people to think that they're like getting slighted, right? Because yeah. when we're on the road, um, you know, what do you have to go back to? Yeah. Freaking hotel room. Yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, sweet, whatever. Um, but uh, there is, it's just like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Um, it's kind of like living in the field. Yeah. Yeah. Your sole purpose in life while you're living in the field is to sustain life, yeah. to do what you did today, yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. And... 
and so it's like that's I'm just doing what I need to do to survive yep. right and and uh, that translates yep. so we've we've just had a bunch of fun yeah. and the cool part about it is is being able to to be creative and to really bounce some some cool ideas back and yeah. forth yeah. and come up with a plan to do something really cool for the community yeah we've got a lot of shit uh, that we want we're excited to share with you guys there's almost like not enough of us in time <laughs> from the time that we we, we talked about this to when we wanted to launch so just just like bear with us and it's gonna be dope like I don't want to like say too much but dude we've been cooking up some serious ideas and I mean if you guys have enjoyed what we've been doing in terms of content and uh, just everything i mean it's just gonna get it's just gonna get so much better um and again i mean even with this uh, online training that that uh, we're tackling i mean i i cannot take I, I mean i can't take my hat off for you and cast enough about how much work that is <laughs> you know I, I mean even how much work setting up the studio is we this total disclaimer, I had no clue what I was getting myself into oh, no. until, you know, it's, it's, I think that's everything in, in business. You know, you, you think about something and you're like, all right, yeah, cool. Let's do that. That's like, let's do that. And then you try to do that and you're like, whoa, okay, well, there's a lot of stuff that goes into doing that. Yeah. And you're constantly learning something new every single day. Yeah. And that's really whether you know whether you're learning something about business or whether you're learning something about a process or whether you're learning something about um, how to edit or how to work camera um, like to to do really good stuff you have to make sure you're putting in the effort yeah. to learning those things yes yeah. well what i'm being forced to do is relearn the the core fundamentals of um, the science of what we do mm -hmm. right and we just talked about this. We talked about a lot of things throughout the day, but we just talked about, um, we just filmed a bunch of uh, 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 interviews today because I had to get out of the house because for the first about two hours I was writing um, content or writing for the new online training module that we have coming out, uh, Intro to Long Range. And I had to get back to understanding and, and breaking down uh, certain scientific um theories and facts right uh but also write it and and do it in a way that's my style of teaching which is our style of teaching which is break it down into digestible because again big disclaimer kaylin and i are not ballisticians mm -hmm. right don't want to be we don't want to be ballisticians um and but we know that as teachers we have to understand okay how can i articulate this to my students in the most simplest form possible so they can grasp it and give them the need to know information that's going to make them successful in the field because honestly when you're about to pull the trigger the last thing you're thinking about is uh um, gyroscopic drift over dynamic uh uh, uh stability or sorry <laughs> uh gyroscopic stability over dynamic stability right. and all this sorts of crazy shit that i read today yep. um really i mean it's it's really a point it's like hey i know once I true my like once I true my gun to what it is and I know I'm confident with how it's performing out to the distances that I need to perform at, at the accuracy and precision that it needs to perform at, what am I doing? I'm getting off my belly and I'm training 
in realistic scenarios that I'm going to find myself in the field, mm -hmm. whether I'm carrying the rifle as a sniper or I'm carrying the rifle as owner. Exactly. You probably figured figured that out when we went into the blues, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's talk about that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fun, man. And um, you know, being your being your introduction to like a a, a backcountry backpack hunt. Did you draw any parallels between, mm. you know, what we used to do as a profession to what backcountry hunting is? So uh, the only parallel, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say the only parallel. There's a lot of parallels, but the, uh, the biggest takeaway that I had was that I didn't have to suffer for no reason anymore. <laughs> right. You can take the gear that you need. Exactly. The correct gear that I needed. Right. Um, you know, so uh, we, I got to use the Stone Glacier. Which pack was that? Uh, it was a Sky 54. Sky 54 pack. I love that pack. I love the way the frame, the way it fits my body. And that's that's really important. And and one thing that we're not taught as Marines is how to fit a pack to you right. correctly, right? It's just like, hey, throw this shit on. Well, Make sure you cinch down everything and, and, and tape it so it looks presentable, right? But you're so not taught how to... Here's the Here's the fucking crazy part about that is, is when did we ever use waist belts? Oh, never. Never, right? No. And the reason that we never wore waist belts is you always had some sort of a battle belt on. Yep, yep. You had whatever, something around your waist. And that's a that presents for me right now as, as being a mountain hunter. I mean, I got out of the Marine Corps in 2005. So yeah. I've been hunting in the mountains for 15 years now. And if you can't, it's a very strong argument for chest mounted equipment yeah. that allows your waist to be free to buckle a pack belt. That's right. And so that way, yeah. basically what you're doing is you're, you are dramatically extending yeah. your efficiency in the mountains right. with your, with your mobility. Yeah. So it's nothing for me to carry, you know, a, a 60 to 80 pound ruck yeah. over all that terrain that yeah. you and I covered. Yeah regularly daily back and forth was it what was it 14 miles 17 miles oh uh, yeah we did 17 miles in two yeah days. yeah in two days mm -hmm. um so i'm glad you brought that up because the two things that i didn't do that i normally do when i especially when i have a a, a bunch of weight on my back uh when i'm feeling essentially irritable is i'll bend down at the at the waist to uh, leave weight off my shoulders right Right, because my straps would essentially just cut off the circulation to my sh my shoulders. Right, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And I remember doing that a shit ton on patrol yep. with 120 pounds of bullshit on my back. Right, with a fucking sorry ass pack. Right, and like I didn't have to do that at all. Well, that's the purpose of rucks. Yeah, <laughs> that's the purpose of rucks in in the military. Yeah, yeah. Make a guy carry 80 pounds on his shoulders. Yeah for miles and miles and miles yeah. every day for day in and day out. Yeah. And you're going to find out what that dude's made of yep. because that sucks. Yeah. And you know, it doesn't have to suck, yeah. but at, the, at that point in time, you can either use that as a training tool yeah. to break it off yep. or you can look back on it and say, Hey man, we need to adjust the gear yeah. right for this. Yeah. New, you know, I don't even say it's a new technique yeah. I and mean, backpackers have been using waist belts yeah. for decades and yeah. decades. It's just um, the Marine Corps or the military in general yeah. 
just has a different way of going about stuff. We have to be able to fight, not just walk. Yeah. So, you know, what was really cool about the trip was how, how clockwork everything was as you were teaching me. Because, again, for those that are listening, I'm not a, I'm not a four-legged hunter by trade. Um, I've only shot two antelope, but that really doesn't count in terms and a deer <laughs> in terms of well, how I, mean, I actually shot it's, them. It's still, yeah. But the backcountry aspect... Uh, and so we didn't see any bears for those that are asking like, would you shoot anything? We didn't see any bears, but we saw three gorgeous bulls, um, the morning of, uh, when we hiked out. But again, the, what was cool was a clockwork that you had, were teaching me about how the animals kind of operate. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we, we, uh, we woke up early in the morning. We, you know, hiked our two miles and we were a little late. Um, but, uh, but, you know, you had said like, hey, you know, that they're going to be feeding because it's cool. But as soon as that sun comes up, um, you know, you're going to start to see them head down toward the valley uh, or t- toward the draw inside the, you know, the, the lower parts. And literally, as soon as we got to our, our glassing spot, we saw those three elk. And as soon as the, uh, the the sunlight line was creeping on the other side, you can see them start crawling down. And I thought it was yeah. the coolest thing. It was just like, holy crap, you know? Yeah, they know what's up. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you had literally called it out. You're like, hey, you know, once that sun comes out, these guys are going to be going down to the bottom and just hanging out there for the rest of the day. Yeah. that's a, So that's the thing about from a hunting perspective that definitely crosses over. I mean, there's there's also strong arguments for, you know, guys that grew up hunting and fishing, moved into the military, you know, became infantry Marines and then either snipers or yeah. reconnaissance Marines. And so, I mean, there's a strong argument to, to be had for the, the, the ease in which you can adapt to that environment. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I grew up, I grew up running around the hills of Southern New York on the border of Pennsylvania. So like it's, it was normal to me t- to be in the mountains yeah. and and witness that but then but when i got here to the west coast and i saw the the, the massive grandness of the country it's a little intimidating yeah right yeah. you look out and you're like holy shit yeah. okay well that's a that's that and that's yeah. what we're gonna live in yeah. for the next 10 days yeah that's super cool yeah was <clears throat> so my 600 yard effective range like like went to shit really quick when I when we got to our glassing spot and I started lazing <laughs> like the different TRPs and like you know just cause like just like anything else like when you're in 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 those canyons I mean really perspective and distances changes totally and changed. perception right right when you saw those bulls yep. you were like how far are those things yeah 540 yards oh bro. my god and um you would ask like, would you, would you shoot that? And I, you know, I, I had the six, five Creedmoor and you know, I said, honestly, I, I wouldn't, you know? And, and I think at the very, I was like, you know, what would be really good here is a, a, a seven millimeter type cartridge. Yep. Right. Um, and you know, that, that is going to buy me, um, the, uh, deflection of wind and my ability to call wind down to the mile an hour I need to, mm-hmm. uh, to make a ethical shot at that distance that I wanted to. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so like the angle too, Yep. Right? Yep. The so angle. that was a 540 yard shot at 35 degrees down. Yep. Yep. And, it, and yeah, like, so like we talked about it with angle shooting, it's not really the math that's, that's difficult. It's finding a position suitable to shoot and from. stable enough right. to shoot from. Yep. So, so like that spot, like we, I mean, that was a glassing spot. Yeah. 
So if you located if you if you located an animal and it was in range, yeah. chances are it was going to be like inside 100 yards, yeah. right? It was chance contact. Hmm. So that's just one of those spots where you use, you know, it's a location spot where you can do some glass and cover a bunch of country. And then, you know, once you identify a target, you can decide, okay, should I, can I, based yeah. upon time of day? Yeah. Um, and then how am I gonna get, how am I gonna get there with the given wind conditions? Yeah. And so that's what makes that place such a challenging place mm -hmm. to hunt, which is yeah. super cool. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, I was introduced to it by a good friend of mine, Luke Carrick, and you know, we I've hunted it now with him for he's hunted it for a long time. And let's see, I started hunting there in like 2012, 2013 ish, and I just love it. It's just yeah. such a cool country, yep. and it's challenging. Um, you're either going up or you're going down, yeah, and it's a cool country. I think, uh, the best part about it was also was just being able to disconnect from the world mm -hmm. right yeah. we, we talked about that um finding kind of your peace with everything and it's able to put a lot of things into perspective because i remember that's kind of a thing that we talked about really kind of saved you on the outside was backcountry hunting mm, totally it was an outlet yep. you know it was yep. a it was a it was a connection. It was a parallel connection yeah. between my previous life and what is now life. And, yeah. you know, you start drawing those connections. You start witnessing those parallels. Yeah. And that's why you get so wrapped into yeah. it. Right. And it's not even for me, yeah. it's not even about killing anything. Yeah. It's like, you know, a lot of people, I think in today's society, it's like with everybody's Instagram account and when it's hunting season, everybody's posting stuff everybody's killing stuff right everybody's posting stuff about you know their their harvests and and it's just hey man more often than not when you go hunting you're not going to be successful yeah yeah and that's what makes hunting hunting yeah right yeah. so it's not just about the the end goal the end goal being you know the trophy or the harvest the end goal is your experience yeah, yeah. and what you do with it yep so yeah. those you know those places allow you to to go pretty deep and to you know really do some reflection yeah. because you're not having all that outside yeah. stimulus and then it's just it's just a great place to be yeah to reset two things i got hungry for was i needed getting better uh, uh physical shape just because you are a monster in the hills <laughs> i didn't keep up the way i wanted to keep up with kaylin um that's why I said in, in some of our Rocky Facebook is posts, my strong point, man. Facebook posts, like he slayed my ass. He literally, like, there was a couple times <laughs> there was like an arguable 100, uh, 150 yard difference, and uh, you know, just going back to the the, the weird winds that we were having, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And that's uh, the only thing that I was thinking, I was like, holy crap, I want to go to the range and I want to shoot more, so that I could, I don't ever have to question. Am I going to be able to make a shot in these conditions? Right. Right. So, that is that is really what I always goes through my head is how can I train better to be able to shoot in any condition that I'm presented with? Yes. Okay. So let's let's take that and talk about what you thought of my range here in Yakima. Oh, dude. So, man. So <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty savage, isn't it? So 
so uh, Kalen's range, if you guys, uh, and, and for those that are listening, if you guys have, have trained at it in Yakima at uh, Kalen's range, um, I'll tell you right now, out of all the ranges that I've been to, it's probably the top three in my top three hardest ranges to get a beat on wind because that shit is forever changing. It's almost kind of like shooting in Oklahoma. Um, the, the down, the upside to out here versus Oklahoma is that there's terrain. So you can actually see your impacts right. in Oklahoma. It's just flat. flat. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't see a damn thing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it was crazy cause I think it was the technical, uh, hunter class, mm-hmm. um, that you had me take for the last, like uh, a couple hours. Um, I had to text you and call it early because oh, we were right. we were we were getting it 30 30 35 mile an hour winds and it was just man. dude it was like it was like hey guys we're gonna i'm gonna give you another hour in the morning for extra training so we'll wake up at seven instead of eight uh just because we had to call it just to show early like <laughs> it was just it was just like so bad we couldn't hear each other i was trying to communicate oh, that's, that's yeah. tough on day one man it's um, tough it's tough when you're teaching students yeah right? yeah you know there comes a point in time where everybody's like well, well, first off, the range gets, every day, guys, the range gets 360-degree wind. That's right. That's right. So at, you know, morning, mid-morning, noon, evening, those winds are going to shift yeah. 360 degrees. And you're going to get a chance to experience them. It's not going to be like all of a sudden, oh, the wind went from, you know, east to west, west yeah. to east. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to be gradual around the compass rows. So you get a chance to see a bunch of different wind values, yeah. different directions. Um, yeah. If, if you ever hosted a match uh, on that, on that range, it would be a case of the all wind switched on me. That would be the consensus for all uh, the shooters that did terrible. Cause that would, <laughs> I, that would be legit, a legitimate excuse yeah, for, for that. Before, uh, before I started using the property, um, the, uh, the guys here, a local company here in town uh, called Tactical Supply, used to use that place to shoot matches at, like re- just local regional matches, club matches type thing. And uh, it's a cool piece of property, and it's it's just unique in the way that it's laid out and with the wind conditions. You've got a really good um, firing line um, in terms of how wide it is. You have a very great range from a new shooter perspective and an advanced shooter perspective. Yeah, exactly, because without the angles. And, and, and the reason why I say that, again, in, in seeing the type of, or in doing this for as long as we've done it now, like <clears throat> a lot of times, you know, people think that they should just immediately go into like high country and start learning how to shoot long range. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, no dude, like the best way to learn long range is on a flat range, mm-hmm. right? Without any other kind of uh, a shit that's in your, you know, uh, because it's distracting, right? It's distracting to the overall. Yep, it's distracting. Cause then you're like, oh, was that a weird funky wind condition yeah, 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 that I don't yeah. know about, yep. or I'm not good enough to know yep. about And It's yep. kind of, you know, making my stuff super out of whack. Yep. You know, who knows? Yep. But it's a, it's a good place to shoot and it's um, from all, all, all ranges all of experience. Levels. Yeah. All skill, yeah. skill levels. So, cause we can either, we, we throw out a bunch of different target sizes. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. a ton of different target sizes. We get some big targets up close. Um, we got some little targets out far and we got everything in between. So it's like, you know, if, if there's somebody that's having a hard time, uh, 
you know, solidifying a concept. Like, let's just say, like, people are having a hard time shooting, you know, positional stuff on steel. Okay, well, let's just throw up an 18-inch plate at, yeah. you know, yeah. 400 yards. Yeah. We can do that. Yep. And it's um, it's good for training. And, and when you're doing your, your qualifications for, um, for each class, right, you don't have the ability, the students don't have the ability to stack wind. Yes. Right. Uh, when, when we give them the target order, right? Because we can go from right side of, uh, of the range all the way to the left side of the range, back to the middle, and they're all three of them are different wind calls. And then, or goes, or goes super deep. Yes. And it's, it's, it's a totally different wind that's call. That's right. And what I mean by stacking is, uh, you know, when you have a very limited range, especially like, a, let's say, a, like a five to 10 degree field of fire, right? typical long-range instructor they'll walk it out and because i've done this start at 300 and you work your way all the way about to a thousand well if your wind call for 400 yards was 0.5 mils and you move to 600 in the same kind of lane general conditions right it's like okay well if i was holding five tenths for 600 it's probably going to be six tenths you know what i mean exactly and you're not giving yourself the benefit of the doubt of making a fresh new wind call yeah well for caitlin's range <laughs> Every target, every new, new wind call. call, yeah. Every target is a brand new wind call. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. So, it's been it's been a cool it's been a cool opportunity to be out there and and um, and it's just it's so close, right? It's it's rad. Fifteen minutes to have a range. Fifteen yep. minutes from your yep. house, and you're yep. you're kind of on the edge yep. of everything. Yep. So it's like you get out there and and yep. you are kind of like on your own, yep. you know, on the edge. Yep. It's cool. So, um, yep. makes it easy to test things. You know, make a quick trip yep. to the range. Yeah, and for those guys that came out for the mentorship, um, wind clinic, um, and the tactical rival hunter, especially during these times, we we appreciate you guys coming out um, because again, that's, I mean, that's that's how we make our, our living. You know what I mean? In, in terms, that's what pays the bills. That's what helps uh, feed the kids. And you know, we appreciate you guys uh, taking time out of your schedule, um, and or just ma- taking the chance to travel in these weird times that we're in. Sure. You know what I mean? So we definitely appreciate you guys. It was good meeting you and training with you guys, and hopefully you guys see you guys in the in the near future. Yeah, man, it's just like just really quick on that that topic. It was just super bizarre um, when we hiked Mount Rainier. Mm. Mm. Right. So how crazy was that shit? It was, that was so bizarre. I mean, like. So I'm just glad we started early. Yeah, for sure. That's the that's the way it's got to be at Rainier this time of year because everybody wants to go hit those key points, which is typically Paradise, yeah. um, and Sunrise, which is where we went. Sunrise is pretty accessible. Yeah. Like, like Sunrise, if you if there's no clouds, you're staring at Mount Rainier the yeah, whole yeah. time. Yeah. Um, but you got a pretty rad reveal with the with the fog and clouds looking. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but everybody wants to go see those points. Yeah. So nobody wants to get up early. Most of them are tourists um, coming from um, the west side of the state over yeah. on the Seattle side. I mean, it's like Mount Rainier's pretty big deal. People come from all over the place to see that thing. Yeah. So because the national park allows you to get so close to the mountain, yeah. you can tell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like by seat, you're like, wow. I mean, you can feel how cool it was yeah really i mean it was yep. it was uh what it was probably like in the 40s 50s 43 degrees yeah rolled up yeah the... i mean the only thing that kept us warm really was hiking we had a cool nice cool breeze but literally you could feel the chill 
from the glacier on, on Mount Rainier. It was awesome. I love being on that mountain too. Yeah. Like having yeah. climbed it, it's it's a lot of fun and um, it's just one of those impressive things yeah. that you can like yeah. witness and you can yeah. go there and it's yeah. so close, yeah. right? You can just go there and, and just witness the, like the massiveness of that thing. Yeah. So. What was cool is how doable it was for the kids. I was super proud of Zoe because <laughs> yeah. we were talking about it. Like were you were like, you're like, cause you asked before we went on the site, Ken was like, what do you think about Zoe? And I honestly was super doubtful because you know, my daughter grew up in the city. Uh, you know, she's, she's a little city girl and I just, I just didn't think she would be able to, you know, just great, di- dive into an eight mile hike and she crushed it, man. Like no complaints. Uh, you know, not, not like toward like maybe three quarters of the way on the way back, she started draining out a little bit, you know, very minor, but I mean, she, she killed it and I was so, so proud and Luke, dude, Luke had, and I kept telling him, I was like, dude, Luke, you got some weight in this pack, bro. Like, what are you hey, carrying in here? According to the gear list, <laughs> big Sarge, like, hey, we throw a gear list out on the table. Hey, we go through it. One, two, three, four. And that's awesome. No, he, it was a little bit pack, but. Um, the kids are it's so cool to see them like be engaged and now that they're at kind of an age where you can teach them things about what they're experiencing on the hike that's that's super cool because they get a chance to to sink into it and they're getting to the point in time in their age where they're going where they can like look at something like Mount Rainier and go whoa that thing's huge yeah yeah, right and I am like this big big, yep and so that's a cool experience to, to expose them to. Yeah. Um, and it's just a cool resource to have right in the backyard. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was an awesome day. We, we, uh, yeah, so we, we, we left at what five, we woke up at like five, left yeah, at, six, at six and then, uh, just made a day out of it. It was, it was super cool. So, um, for those that are living in Washington, listen to this, you guys got a pretty cool, pretty cool backyard. <laughs> um, and now I'm inspired to get, I mean, I did a lot of hiking in the Marine Corps, um, as per the, you know, necessary evil, but, uh, you know, I'd love to do a lot more hiking around, especially being in Cody, you know what I mean? Being at the oh, hub man, of, of outdoor such stuff. Such a um, gem. So if you guys know any spots in, around Cody, Wyoming that I can, you know, hike around, that's not going to be too brutal on my, um, on my body. Well, just kidding. Well, no, it's a good, I think it's a good point to bring up, man. Yeah. Like, uh, like kind of like a little sidebar topic you know, we, I remember when we drove up into the mountains we drove on some dirt roads mm-hmm. and, and you were like whoa like you can just drive up here yeah yeah, yeah. and and like for us out where we live we kind of take that for granted yeah you know we're like oh we're just gonna go up to the mountains yep like it's nothing for us to just say okay we're gonna go grab some pizza and we're gonna drive up to um, we're gonna drive up into the mountains mm-hmm. and go to this badass vista yeah yeah and you just make an afternoon out of it yep. and you just decompress and disconnect. Yeah. And it really does wonders, yep. right, for your yep. brain. Um, but we tend to take that for granted. Oh, yeah, we for, for 100%. You, you were like, so what, you just like drive up here? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> seriously. Like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. you can just drive up here. And so now that you know what to look for, yeah. you're going to have so many opportunities, yeah. you know, or where you're at in Cody, it's going to be awesome. I'm just, I think I'm just so used to like being in the Marine Corps, like being told you can't do that. You know, it's just like, <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was not even ask because I'm going to be told no, you know, keep my expectations low. 
hey, it's way easier to beg for forgiveness yeah, than it is to ask for permission. Oh, way man. easier. Dude. So, so dude, other than the hike, what what's next? We got um, you got your Tika build. Okay, so we, we shot a match. Yeah, we, we, we shot, shot a match. A local match. Uh, Canlin whooped my ass. Um, <laughs> I got seventh. You get what fourth? Yeah. He 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 should have would have could have you know he the last couple stages kind of ate both of us up but uh, Canlin was crushing all day cleaning stages dropping ones I think yeah the last the last it was the last two stages that you yeah, dropped the most it really kind of hurt yeah um, but. You you had uh, you just got a new six five Creedmoor barrel in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put it on the nucleus. Yeah, so um, making a big push. I've always been a proponent of American Rifle Company actions. I've got an original Mousing Field. Um, Ted was super gracious enough to give me a, a serial number eighty five forty one. Hell yeah! So absolutely had to take that one. Um, and that was your original mousing field. That's the original mousing field. Dang. Like you have like, so like no other 8541 could get another. No. Unless they got like 08541. Sure, something like that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting super technical. Yeah. <laughs> At that point in time. Um, yeah, so I think, I just think that um, that those actions are extremely well thought out, extremely yeah. well designed. They have a very. Um, they have a very classic feel to them, yeah. right? But they have a combination of all of these really cool, well-known features that come from classic actions, yeah. right? And so, like the mousing field, <coughs> there was you know three main things, yeah. right? So it was a Remington 700 footprint with a Mauser style slash yeah. Winchester Model 70 positive feed yep. um, and extraction. Yeah. And then there is the um, uh, the ejection, yep. right? So mechanical ejector. And so it's like all of that stuff came together and bam, you got the mousing field. Super awesome action. Yeah. And, and it's got interchangeable bolt heads. And the cool thing about the interchangeable bolt heads is, you know, you can have multiple bolt heads yeah. and it takes, you know, maybe 10 minutes. Maybe ten minutes to swap a caliber. You need uh, uh, a cartridge in a barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, as long as you have the right tools, right? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, you have the yeah. right tools. You it, know, we're sp- I'm I'm spoiled, man. I got my shop is set up to be efficient at work. So. Well, this the, actually this goes back to, to kind of what we're teaching uh, with our philosophy of being a, understanding of being a modern day rifleman, right? Honestly, I I believe every rifleman should have the tools necessary to, to disassemble and assemble a rifle, mm-hmm. right? I think that if you are having to, uh, unless it was like super technical and you're having really accuracy issues, you know, with like a barrel issue, yeah, send it back, right? But if you can't do user level one maintenance with your rifle and diagnostic, I mean, honestly, like you're, you're not, you're not carrying that ethos that you and I believe of being a modern day rifleman. Yeah, you gotta know your circle, man. Exactly. Yeah, you right? gotta know what goes into the whole thing. Yeah, it, and I think that's what we're trying to teach with our platform is like, totally. it's like, hey, if you build a rifle, you should be able to take it apart and put it back together, yep. right? And, and know, you know, if it's gonna perform or not, right? Um, or if, if you're having issues, right, what diagnostic steps you need to take at the user level before you send it up back to your gunsmith or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. But at least you tried, right? Versus like, oh, this just not working. 
you sent me something that's fucked up, right? Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where when you learn, when you learn what you need to know, there's only a couple things that that can happen with these things, yeah. right? There's yeah. only a couple things that can happen that will make them quote unquote not work. Yeah. And once you learn those things, it's just like, yep, we can definitely measure that. Yeah. It's way out of spec. Exactly. Or, yep. oh, well, no wonder it's yep. not working. That's yep. because yep. of this. Yep. It's not that, like, this is not rocket science yep. when it comes to that sort of thing. So what really intrigues me about uh, Ted's actions and, and just seeing you kind of mess with them, because, uh, again, I'm a, I'm a the actions that I'm familiar with are all Remington 700 clones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've got experience with impact actions, Lone Peak, Defiance, uh, Gunworks actions, a Kelby action, right? All Remington 700. And they have maybe like one or two features between all of them that, that like, separate th- that separate them, right? Sure. Um, but Ted's actions, right, has uh, several features, right, that separate his actions from the rest, yep. right? And honestly, that in this day and age, that is what is going to separate you from the rest of the market is your features. And that, that's why I'm a big fan of the Collis scopes, right? Is because of the features that the Collis has yeah, over, there, over the regular optics. Yeah, Top side there. parallax, left side windage, right? Those are, those are two unique features about the Collis that I love that for me fit the, uh, what my needs are in the competition space mm-hmm. um, and just the ergonomics of it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting you mentioned the Collis. Like, it was cool to run the the new generation Collis because yep. I've got an I've got one of the original six twenty four eyes, which still it's, it's on rifle in there. It's it's a great scope, but it was cool to to run it a new a new most updated version and to see the difference and do the comparison. Um, but you know the gear part of it is. You proved with the gear part of it that with the Tika, yeah. right? That yeah. was cool to see. Yeah. That was cool to see you go through that yeah. and put it all together and, and go through the, the normal process of, okay, well, we got a new rifle. What's the first thing we got to do with the new rifle? Yeah. Well, we have to shoot. We have, not, we have to set it up. We have to set it up yep. and we have to shoot it in, so yep. to speak, yep. right? So you, you set it up. You're going to probably make some adjustments, you know, with that setup as you get used to the new ergonomics yep. and the new feel of it and whatnot, how the bolt works. And and then you got to shoot it in and then see, you got to get a baseline of performance. Yep. So that way you can test it against that baseline of performance yep. and see how, it, see how it did. Yep. You had a lot of success with that thing. I did. I, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And I think what we talked about was, I wish I was a little, a, a, a little tighter spread between you and I in terms of, uh, uh, performance-wise, because I think we were, I think six points off from away from each other. I, um, I was ten points from the from the actual uh, winner. Kaylin, you were only four. Yeah, so we were six points apart. And I know there was a few shots that I made because I was shooting the wrong target. But what I I wanted to prove was, you know, I would say you and I are about very similar skill level mm-hmm. at, in terms of performance, right? I, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Other than maybe the gaming aspect of, of how to run a stage I, that I know is probably the only difference because I have a little bit more modern more, experience. Yeah, more competition time. Than I do. Yeah, more mo- I would with modern competitions. Way the way a lot of the stuff is 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 played out now, right? We talk about this plenty of times too. <laughs> but um, in terms of performance wise, I'd say you and I are, are very uh, similar in terms of skill set, and with a 
unrifle that costs less than the callus that you're running this past weekend, <laughs> right. Right? right? I was able to almost keep up, right? And it just went to show that by, if your fundamentals aren't on point, by increasing your rifle four or five times as much, okay, does it make you feel better? So be it. But it's not going to buy you those extra points. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's already been like, I'm, I'm being a dead horse, but like, and that really reiterated the fact that like, hey, you know, only a uh, few shots separated between a, a landslide of, in terms of gear price, right, of quality, you know, uh, and, and I'm not trying to uh, say that you shouldn't get a custom build. I have plenty of custom builds. I've got a bunch of custom builds coming. Um, but again, for, for that newer shooter that is looking to get into long range and wants to jump into the competition circuit, but and I, we just talked about this, like there's so much information out there that it's intimidating to want to start. Yeah. It's, well. it's guys that are, you should get this, you should get that. And, and Frank put it in a great article that I just read about mill versus MOA. It's like, imagine asking on a form hey what work truck should i get because i'm looking to upgrade or get a new work truck and then everyone starts talking about well i got this new sports car that <laughs> that you know really works well for me yeah. right yeah. <laughs> who gives a shit if it works for you that's not the question that i ask you know it's tough man it's tough it's all it's just it's to the point where everybody feels as though that they you know have a voice yeah. And, and they want to voice their, yeah. their voice. Yeah. And the thing is, is that what ends up happening is that you acknowledge, you're able to acknowledge the true level of comprehension yeah. about yeah. what it is. Yeah. And, and it's really like some of the concepts that you would, that you would think is, as, uh, as would be simple to understand or, or uh, a really, you know, mellow concept cognitively, yeah. Yeah. those are like big steps. Yeah. For some yeah. for some people yeah. that have been and it's no fault of their own other than the fact that it's probably what they've been told yeah or it's like just working under assumptions but it can be pretty outlandish like some of the stuff mm -hmm. in, in some of the f groups and forums and stuff it's just like whoa dude you you know so, so, so i'm glad you brought that up what was really cool to see um was uh, your interaction with Christian, our mentor, your mentorship student, right? When he was having a hard time grasping um, his corrections, mm -hmm. right? Right, and and again, I think just looking back to when I during my time as a sniper instructor, or seeing other instructors how they negotiated their interactions with their students, or what they would say like i mean it just really iterated the fact that we're truly teachers in this craft because like you made it a point to make sure before you moved on to the next thing that he understood what you were trying to get at with him and what his deficiency was well, yeah right? it was it was he was struggling with it yeah you know and he yeah you could tell that he was processing the information yeah. he just didn't know how to verbalize yeah it. yeah and and you just you need to give students the tools to be able to verbalize yep, it yep. right because you know like as an example what he was struggling with was was identifying where the origin of the plume was yeah right yep. and so he couldn't measure 
yeah. he, he was just like, I don't understand what you're asking me to do. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, find the source, man. Yeah. You know, but like in your brain, you're screaming that, but you got to figure out how to get him to, to understand yeah. what you're trying yeah. to say. Yeah. And so there's, you can't just throw your hands up and be like, ah, I don't know. That's a pretty good scapegoat answer, though, for instructors. Just like, just figure it out. Like, it's like I don't just know. What do to, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's just like you, just you read it. the splash and make the correction off there. That's really that. I mean, that would how would be the blanket of the statement, really. You know, for and you can't like yeah. You're. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a yeah sore subject. I I uh, I um, so for that day it was, it was actually super windy, and that was actually one of my um, when I was getting content yeah, for you guys. I was actually, uh, uh, I was rolling in B-roll the whole time, so I, I slowed down a lot. So a lot of that footage that I have for, for Christian's mentorship was is a lot of like like slow-mo clips and stuff like that. So it's so crazy, um, just nerding out here on videography, but like it's so windy, you could see the ripples of your shirt and like just like the slow-mo, oh, like, right. like, wave, <laughs> like waves in the ocean. So Yeah, there was a couple yeah. of times that, yeah. oh man, that shit, that week was so hot. It was 104. 107 when we left the range one yeah, afternoon yeah. it was super <clears> hot um and it gets so hot out there that the winds just get ripping off the cascades yeah and when the temperature differentials over here in eastern washington are so wide that causes some crazy stuff with wind yeah. and that's part of part of going to the wind clinic is learning what atmospheric conditions what recipe what atmospheric recipe is going to cause wind yeah and based upon where the highs and lows are, where is the wind direction going to be yeah. coming from? Yeah. And so, like, you can then look at, you know, weather patterns and, and be able to identify, you know, common common trends in an area. And I want to take it to the next level. Um, we tried to do it last fall, but I am I'm going to go down to uh, Salt Lake City and learn how to paraglide. And the reason I want to learn how to paraglide, well, number one, I love flying parachutes. Yeah. We all know that. But flying paragliding wings and speed wings is all about knowing mountain wind conditions and being able to predict them with, you know, really pinpoint accuracy because truly your life depends on it. Like if you if you launch a wing in conditions that are uh, adverse, it can literally smack you out of the sky and, and just crush you into the ground inside of the mountain. So it's one of those things where you can't mess around with it. Yeah. It's going to bite you. And so I want to learn what those mountain guides know about mountain winds because we all, you know, here in the West, we hunt the mountains and shooting in the mountains is probably one of the most challenging conditions, challenging situations that you could possibly do as yeah. a rifleman. Yeah. Um, as you're talking about paragliding and stuff like that, the very first thing that came to mind was uh, Point Break. That we just watched, yeah. and hopefully, as you guys are listening, point. as as you guys are listening to this, as Kalen was talking, you're like, man, that sounds like a modern day Bodie. <laughs> and I I would hope for the life of 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 the podcast that at least ninety percent of you know what Point Break is. The other ten percent, if you don't know, please do you yourself a favor. Fix yourself. You need to watch Point Break, and don't watch the newer one. Watch the Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze one yeah. from 91. We, we can't be friends if the only point break that yeah. you've ever seen is the new one. Yeah. Like, not possible. <laughs> so. Sorry. That's probably going to be, oh, uh, um, and so if you guys are listening to this and you have attended a class uh, from Kalen in the past, oh, yeah. whether it be Kalinske, uh, Cascade Precision, Magpul, um, 
what else? Modern day sniper. Or modern day sniper, or if you're a modern day sniper, um, online schoolhouse plank holder or student, uh, we we created a uh, secret squirrel Facebook. Not really a secret squirrel, but um, they're all secret, man. The, it the the Facebook group um, it, it allows us to share a, a little behind more behind the scenes uh, for what we typically uh, post out. And, and then first access and dibs to, to stuff. So the very first thing that I know, I'm sure that's gonna get questions like, when are you guys coming out swag? Cause all my videos and stuff like that, you guys have been asking, <laughs> we got swag coming, it's one of these man. hoodies and the, the t-shirts. And uh, I honestly don't think we ordered enough. Probably not. But uh, it, if you're an nice. alumni, yeah, them. if you guys are an alumni, you guys are gonna get first dibs. So um, check this, check check that out on Facebook. It's just Modern Day Sniper alumni. There are some questions uh, when you have attended class. And again, I'm sorry if, if you haven't uh, signed up for any of online training or if you haven't done any classes. Like, uh, you know, I'm sorry. It's it's that type of group because we know that uh, you are you know on your way to becoming a fundamentalist. So. Um, you know, just a way to, to, to get in that um, in that group to, you know, see some special. So yeah. Uh, so another another swag idea. My signature hashtag. Don't be, be a bitch. bitch. Yep. Chamber indicator. Yep. What do they call these things again? I forget. Uh, chamber indicator. I think it is. No, it's the. What, what do you still have that ch stock? What's which one? Your don't be a bitch stock chassis. I think I do. Yeah. yeah I think I do. Yeah. Because uh, these guys, so back, you want to tell that story? Oh, um, I, I posted, uh, not even post anything. I put a, I painted with like marker paint on the side of my rifle stock, my KRG Whiskey 3, uh, hashtag don't, don't be, be a, a bitch. bitch. Where'd that, where'd that stem from? That just stems from don't be a bitch. Don't be a little bitch. Like be accountable. You know what I mean? Like. Just don't be a bitch, right? Is that, I don't know, that's not that hard to ex explain, right? But it had to, it had to uh, something have had to trigger that. Oh, well, I don't know. It was more along the lines of um, the normal average, you know, competitor that would, you know, complain about all these tiny little things. And, and it's all, it's more along the lines of going, hey, just, just remember, Remember where this whole thing came from. Yeah, yeah. This came from a, uh, a background of, of purpose, yeah. purposeful use yeah. of a rifle. There's one thing to complain, and there's another thing to complain and give a solution. Correct. Right, exactly. right? And I think lately what I see a lot of is a lot of complaining without any solution offerings mm -hmm. to that exactly. problem. Because okay. it's way easier to complain. It is way easier to complain. So totally. that's why... Typically, you know, I, I honestly just, I keep my mouth shut um, because it's like, I'm not going to waste it, it all. It, for me, it's all energy, right? It's like, it's like, it, there's no point in wasting my energy. I feel the way I feel about certain topics of, of long range shooting, right? And I'm just going to continue to do what I do with my content. Uh, but yeah, I see stuff that frustrates me that it's like, it's like really like you have the nerve to complain about, you know, certain things. It's like... Mm -hmm. Uh, especially one thing I do, uh, 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 hate is, um, when people 
uh, talk about how a, a match is ran or whatever, and they have no. Um, it's like it's like have you have you ran a two day national level match with a hundred some competitors, right? Like have you had to organize that? If you haven't, you should just shut the fuck up. <laughs> really, I mean that's just that's, that's just for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's it's stressful, right? Um, it's it, it's it's um it's worth it at the end, you know. Like I had a great time doing it. We'll think about it from the perspective of okay, so let's let's do a, a cost analysis here yeah. of what it what's involved with um the average shooter coming to and traveling to a two-day national level match. Yep. Okay, so how far will you drive for a match? The furthest drive. I'd drive uh, is probably, the furthest I'd probably drive is no more than 14 hours. Yeah. Because that's Four, the furthest I've been so far. 14 hours is like, for me right now, like 12 hours is the cusp. I mean, 14 hours, yeah, yeah, yeah if I, you know, whatever. But... So, okay, 12 hours of driving. Okay, so that means that... That means that you probably got at least 24 hours taken away of time, yep. right? Of calendar time, right? So you got at least 24, whether that be, you know, concerning preparation or whatever. Sleeping someplace or your one, one, one half of a day is ruined as a result of it, whatever the case may be. So you got that going, right? So you got fuel and then you got... 250 rounds of ammo, all right? Mm -hmm. So how long did that take you to load? Yep. Okay, you start adding this stuff up, man. And then, you know, your food, your hotel room, match fees. Match fees. Um, yeah. Time, and you know, if you got I, we've, I've, I've talked about this, and, and I don't know if there's any shooter out there that could actually put a finger on a price of how much it costs because they're like like me too scared well, to know the answer to to oh, that know the actual number it, it costs to to shoot a two day national level exactly, match exactly right so all that's expenses the thing, that's the thing covered that, that like uh, as a match director that you should be very very hyper aware of mm -hmm. right and so that's what yeah. we're very hyper aware yeah, of yeah. when students come to our courses yeah, because yeah. I know that you're yeah. probably paying three times the amount of the course tuition fee yeah. just to get here yeah. So yeah. I am extraordinarily respectful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, very first thing that you're going to get out of us is that we're going to be, I'm going to treat you like you are in my home. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys ever been around Filipino people and you guys are probably <laughs> laughing, but I would say we are pretty hospitable. And I learned a lot of that from my mom. Um, and I mean, I, I want you to have a good experience, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, you know, and yeah, I, I think uh, having awareness of even for so when when we when we hosted our match, the one thing that I made sure is that if you were traveling super far, because I mean, other than, unless you were like spending a weekend in Yellowstone afterwards, it's like there's really no reason to come to Cody, right? It's like, sure. um, but I made sure that if you were coming to our match. I was gonna get you out of your comfort zone, and I was gonna put you in a situation that you wouldn't you wouldn't find at another local match nearby, or you couldn't do in your backyard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That you didn't have the ability to think of in your backyard, right? And maybe after coming to my match, you you would be able to like deploy your tripod and clock on a barricade, but I wanted to make sure that all of the stages that you had seen that we created was the very first time seeing it. 
right? Because yeah. I know how much, again, time, a lot, especially with uh, serious competitive shooters that were coming out to our match, right? I know what matches they've been through. I know the style of matches they've been through. So I wanted to make sure, okay, this is my flavor of hosted match, and this is how I'm going to challenge your comfort zone, right? right? And yeah, it was hard. You know, yeah, I was, you know, I think uh, for the first what match, percentage. I think uh, Jake ended up actually doing really well on, on the, the last match that we sh that we hosted just because we were only get day one. We only shot day one. I think he ended up getting like a high 80s. Mm -hmm. But when John won, it was like a... Uh, it was like a, a high 70s, right. you know, so mid had been at least 60%, right? And, you know, nowadays people are like, again, guys that are chasing points, they don't like that because it's like, you know, yeah. they walk away with 70, yeah. 70 points. It's like, it's like, we'll just shoot better. I guess if you want more points and stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's, I mean, I don't know if I'm being harsh, but it's like, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully exploiting your weaknesses. Well, right. What's a, what does it mean to show up to a, a, a competition and know that if I don't score, you know, 90% or better, there's something wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what kind of bullshit is that? Yeah. Yeah. I, like, if I, if I fucked up at a match, the very first thing that I ask myself is like, shit, like, I need to go back to the drawing board. Right. I don't, I don't blame the match director for setting up a fucking fucked up course of fire. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> I mean that's just my way of thinking you know sure, I, 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 and, and there are you know some matches that I've been to where it's it's it's, it's, uh, it's condition roulette yeah right but at, sure. the, but at the same time like we had that I mean that was dude anytime you plan anything in the mountains yeah. in September it's gonna be rough it can be rough but I have to hold myself accountable to the you know the, the being a rifleman and understanding I should be able to shoot in any I am training to be able to shoot in any condition anytime any place mm -hmm. without anyone in front of me giving me a wind call yeah as long me. as I can see the target yeah yeah that's it yeah I, that's just that, that's just that's just my you know philosophy behind it you know I know a lot of guys out there are, are pretty serious and dedicated to the craft of of, of being a top competitive shooters and and trust me I'm, I'm right there with you guys but at the same time it 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 comes to like understanding realistic capabilities and like honestly until you ran you have ran a match um you know a two-day national level match or even a local match like you know m like y guys aren't doing that to to make money no. like anyone that tells you um, maybe there's like a couple established matches that are probably finally getting income right from it. Mm -hmm. But I would say out West because, uh, other than like maybe Jake, Jake Bibbert's, uh, um, range. Um, and I'm just guessing here, but a range that's not established. Right. I mean, they're probably breaking even if anything, you know, cause they got a lease land. And then I know for like, uh, the Utah match, a completely different venue, um, I mean, I know the amount of work it takes to set up all those props and all that steel in a completely different area just to break it down in 48 hours. Yep. Fuck that noise. <laughs> no, yeah. thank you. That's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work for someone else to have fun. Well, I mean, you know, we, we had that conversation today about, you know, okay, well, what's your time worth? Yep. Yep. What do you build? What do you, what yeah. are your, what's your hourly bill rate, yeah. man? So. You start thinking about it from that perspective, you know, then, then you can place a value yeah. on 
you know, what is, what is yeah. your time worth? Yeah. So. Ooh, I, I planted a seed today um, because I got asked a question if we were hosting another match and uh, not under the last uh, entity, but uh, Kayla and I at the dinner table talked about the modern day sniper challenge with it being 308 or 300 wind mag only, oh. factory ammo only. So let us know you guys' <laughs> thoughts on that. Who'd show up? But yeah, I mean, the modern day um, sniper using what current snipers are using today, yeah. caliber wise, right? And you would only shoot factory ammo. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about that. I mean, like, you know, you got soft snipers out there that are running some different cartridges as well. But I think that I think that that's one of the cool things that is kind of lacking in this arena mm -hmm. because um, there are some dudes in the military space that are avid competitors mm -hmm. and it would be kind of cool to give them an opportunity to test their metal. Yep. And test their metal against their, their, against their peers. Against their own peers. Yep, yes, that's exactly. Right. So they, there's really only two competitions in the United States military that are formulated for snipers. Yep. Right. USASOC. USASOC and, and International. International Cybercom. And then, uh, well, uh, so uh, the Ar the National Guard has their their competition, Win the Winston P. Wilson mm -hmm. match. Right. So like those are, those right. those three. Yeah. So, but I mean, outside of that, that's like that's only three opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. You know, out of however many PRS opportunities are yeah. out there, NRL opportunities. Oh yeah, there's so there, many so. matches nowadays. Um, yeah, I think that would be. I think that'd be really well received and, and you guys let us know man if that's something that that you're like hell yeah let's do this then hey just then we're gonna make 308 great again it, we're gonna we're gonna help you out so 308 or 300 win bang that's it or let's just do this way. it's got to have an equivalent dotic okay that'd yeah, be, yeah that'd be right? cool it's got to have an equivalent dotic other than 65 it's gonna come out and some staff is use, SS units are using 6.5. Yeah. This is before uh, uh, 6.5 gets streamlined, so we get, we better, we we better get grandfather. We're grandfather. We better get the ball rolling. It's either 308, 300 Win Mag, 300 Norma, or 338 Lapua. Yeah. Ooh, 338 Lapua. Oh, and then we got the 300 PRC. We got to we got to give that some love too. Yeah. That's six and one half dozen of the other. I like that. I like the three 308, 300 Win Mag only. Yeah. Okay. And everyone knows I hate the 300 wood mag. <laughs> everyone, every, everyone always gets so riled up Dude. when I post when I post that on my story. I get a shit ton of messages like, "Why do you hate the 300 wood mag so much?" Mail. Okay, let's 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 clarify this. I do not hate the 300 wood mag. It's a great two-legged and four-legged critter cartridge, right? For stopping two and four-legged critters. What I hate it being classified as is the do-it-all long-range cartridges because no, it's, it's it's not. You can't train with it. It's it, you can't train with it, right? And you can't compete with it yeah. in, in in modern matches today. Um, you know, I think a lot of guys are kind of like get their blinders on and they're like, well, what's the military using? Well, they went from 308 to 300 mag. Okay, well, since snipers are using 300 mags, let's let's do what they're doing. Right. Stop that, right? Okay. Uh, snipers right now are not. Um, as equipped as civilians are, unfortunately, um, just because of just how slow things are in, in terms of progressing, right? Um, and still, I mean, the, the, the 300 wood mag uh, and the, the uh, is meeting the, 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 the requirements and the needs of the uh, snipers and the, and the forces, yeah. right? Until those 
needs and requirements are changed, right? That's what they got. Yep. Right? And, that, and that's a whole nother podcast in itself. But no, I'm not a 300 Win Mag hater. Um, but we had uh, our technical rifle hunter student with uh, that 7 Mag. Oh, yeah. That poor guy, man. Oof. Oof. 225 rounds in two days, and that rifle weighed maybe like seven pounds. Yeah. You, he was just getting thumped. Well, a lot of guys don't realize it's like you, you, in order to come to a training class and shoot the way we shoot, you, you have to be ready to shoot at least, what, 200, 250 rounds for your yeah, rifle in two we, days? We try to average 100, 120 yeah. rounds a day. And, yeah. and, and like, that's not a volume that we're like married to, right? That's no, not a volume. No. That's just an average yeah. volume. Because there's always the balance between yeah. quality over quantity, quality yep. over quantity, yep. and and like what kind of reps are we getting? Yep. Are they dry, a mix of dry fire reps and live fire reps, or whatever the case may be? So, but 120 rounds a day, that's pretty good. That is. I could I I mean honestly I could I could do that I could do that if I had three rifles on the line, uh, and probably I could probably do that in two hours. Yeah, oh, yes. 120 rounds, yeah. right? Three rifles to cycle through. Yep. Um, and, and one of the downsides with the Tika, I would say, because of the 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 fact the factory stock barrel that I was having issues with at the competition was once I got to around like shot number six or seven in my string of fire because um, Ward or uh, a Sun Valley Precision uh, Sun Valley Shooting Park Shooting Park uh, that had high round count stages and. Um, you know, which was nice because it gave me the ability to test my, you know, uh, reloads. And uh, but when it came to the targets where they were a lot smaller and probably like 500 yards and out, yep. right, maybe a minute and a half, you can start to really see that barrel, right, opening up in terms of its uh, its accuracy. Sure. Um, you know, because I felt like I was making still pretty good trigger presses, same wind calls. You know what I mean? And I just see it come just go right over the top. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I would say that that was the only, but I, I would, I would venture to say that a newer shooter, again, that is just getting into this probably is not going to be able to complete every course of fire. Like I had fucking yeah, fair enough. 45 seconds to a minute, every, 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 uh, every stage mm -hmm. left, you know, cause they were pretty generous part times. It's a great, it's a great club level mm -hmm. match. Yep. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's a great venue for what it is. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I think, I think for, for, so if you guys are here in the, in the Pacific Northwest and you're looking to stretch your legs or just get out, check out the Sun Valley. He's, he's got it every month, right? Yeah. So, so guys, the, uh, the Sun Valley shooting park is located in, in Yakima. It's Eastern Yakima. And, um, the range has been there for a long time. Like it's been there for, I, I don't even know how long, but the the park has a range that goes out to 650 yards and it's got a ton of steel on it and you the requirements at the park is you have to go out and you have to prove that you can hit targets to be able to shoot on the range alone right without without a, an observer if you don't have that certification they make you you know have a, a two-person group and you can go out there and shoot the steel they do a really good job on upkeep of the targets they yep. do a great job on upkeep of the props all the props are in line so if somebody's shooting, you know, at the benches, you can go clear down to station number eight and yep. shoot off of station number eight. Everything's yep. cool. Um, but the thing is, like, if you guys are here in Yakima, Tri-Cities, um, 
you know, in the local vicinity, even on the west side, because there's not very many ranges on yeah. the west side. And some of those ranges, I'm going to be frank, man, some of those ranges are not very friendly to this new demographic of shooters. Yeah. They, for some whatever crazy reason, they don't identify the, the benefit of welcoming this sport to their club. Yeah. And so like, like some valleys issue is like, Hey, they don't want to, they don't want to break. They don't want to do anything more. Like I remember asking those guys, Hey, dude, you guys could do like, you know, regional level stuff here, man. Yeah. Like this is, this is a great range to do that on. And you know, there's like political stuff that happens in, in, in the boards and all that stuff. So if you guys want to have a voice, make sure that you write Sun Valley Shooting Park and say, hey man, I would show up and shoot more events if I had the opportunity to. Um, that's how we're gonna grow the sport. That's how we're gonna get more people involved, right? That's how we're gonna welcome things into uh, a bigger network or community. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? No, I, I thought the, the range was fantastic. I thought the course fire was a little little complicated and you know for, for for for, for a newer like newer shooter um every time there's going to be some weird like yeah you know scratch your head while you're yeah. rubbing your belly type situation but, but but for me the way i looked at it was again this is just my perspective was like okay well it's challenging me to really i now i have to think mm -hmm. right because because yeah. it's like you know you go to matches and it's like five five positions, one target, go, right? It's like, okay, well, you know, you can only do that so many times where it's like, all right. Exactly. Um, but no, I, I really like that, that challenging aspect of it from an experienced shooter uh, standpoint. So um, hopefully you guys like that video I, I put of Kalen and I actually kind of just ran into that idea because, um, uh, you know, we had, I had just left the tripod there and, and just saw, and I mean, Kalen smoked my ass. Um, and uh, the excuse I'll, I'll make is that uh, I was trying to do the, the run as organic oh, as possible. Off the shooting bench. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the organic as possible was like, okay, well, maybe if new shooter doesn't have a 12, a, two, a plus two or plus four extender, it was a 12 round stage. I have a, a, a plus two extender, you know, in, in my bag, but I was like, all right, well, what if a new shooter needed to reload? Let's see if he can be able to pull us off. And, you know, um, I was just not, as someone said, it's, one guy was 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 in his he was his head was in the match and the other one wasn't. It's right. like yeah, you're you're right. But well, you get got me there. Yeah, I mean it's uh, there's equipment variations and you know all manner of things when it comes to that sort of thing. When it comes to like evaluating what the styles. Dude, the similarity the, was there. The similarity like similarity of the. I mean, you guys were really trying course. hard to pick apart what Kalen and I is in terms of differences. But the overall broad spectrum of thing, I mean, it was evolved. We kept our face on the gun. When we changed from one target to another, we poked our head up, identified our target, got back in our scope, dollar dope, um, adjusted magnification, like literally it was on sync mm -hmm. with, um, in terms of how we flowed. And I thought that was, uh, that was super cool. So um, uh, don't be surprised if you guys see us in the, uh, the team matches for 2021. <laughs> just throw, throw that out there what, which ones though dude any, any of them yeah right. yeah i'm down yeah i'm down to party yeah so i'm gonna rock y'all's balls <laughs> in the dirt 
So what we missed. So we talked about Rainier. We talked about we talked about the rifles. Uh, have we caught up yet? I think Pretty so. Much. Yeah. Um, we've got we got some some new stuff coming up. We talked. Oh, oh, we we want to talk about our schedule. Um, so we got. Oh, hey yeah, guys. Yeah. Uh, so All right. So we got some bomb courses coming up, man. So, um, Pig River, my man Josh Bandy. Um, Josh and I talked for a long time and we finally got schedules synced up and we got some classes on the books. It is the first week of November. Okay. So we got a PR 101. PR 101, uh, one through four November. Okay. And then we're going to back that right up with a positional shooting clinic okay. for, for two days, which is five and six November. Okay. Um, both of those classes are damn near full. So if you guys want to get in on those, uh, Phil and I are going to be there teaching. So we're class sizes are 16 bodies per. And the last time I checked, we only had like two slots left on each class. So yeah. if yeah. you guys want to get in on that, make sure you do. Yeah. Then, so that's November. Um, December, we're going to be down at Rifles Only training some Marines yep. um, with Jacob, which is going to be a blast. We're going to super bad i'm excited for that i'm excited to work with jacob in a teacher instructor style yeah. and you know what's so cool about uh jacob is that what did he, what did he tell you i forget he, told he me said a lot of things. well he said that because uh, he, he's like hey you want to use my range oh yeah and yeah. then uh dude we'd be honored and, and yeah for uh, sure it's like <laughs> what did he say he's like dude i'll i'll uh, you, i'll just oh, hold yeah, the staple i can run a staple gun <laughs> I was like, damn, dude, you must run a staple gun like a banshee. <laughs> no, nah, it's going to be fun, man. It's, it's, it'll be cool to, uh, it's going to be you, me, Jacob, and Lindy. Lindy. So it's going to be like super cool. Very grateful for that opportunity and um, super grateful for. I'm excited. I'm excited for those Marines that yeah, we're going to train. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited to um, just get, a, I'm excited to see. Um, them get out of their comfort zone. Yes, uh, because that's going to happen like yeah, immediately. Yeah, yeah, and it's cool because I like doing the evals. Mm -hmm. I like doing the eval yeah. up front yeah. to say, "All right, let's just see where you're at," because yep. that will that sets the pace for everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. that's 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 uh, December, December, February of 2021. Okay, so before we get to February, um, we got to talk to we got to talk to my man Brady. Okay, about, we got Arizona. About Arizona. We're, we're trying to come up with a venue in Arizona. So if you all are from Arizona and you want to do some shooting in a really rad venue, hit us up. Let us know what you want. Um, and we'll get an idea of like what we're like, how many classes yeah. are based yeah. upon interest. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then March looks like we're booked in Paula. Yep. With, uh, with in California. Yep. Yeah. So we're coming to California, California in in February for two weeks, one week of three days, or two, well two three days, one week, and then the, the following week afterwards. Exactly. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. Um, George always is an amazing host. That is a he that's a great range off. to shoot at in Southern California, and mm -hmm. and George has been doing a really great job. Uh, um, because I, I always see the posts every weekend of the guys that he's getting out, it, and it's it's amazing how how big that shooting community is growing. Dude, yeah, it's always been. We've always had a great time going down to Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. There's such a huge huge volume of shooters in California. Those poor guys just don't get any fucking justice. Yeah, 
They don't, they're not allowed to do the things that they should be allowed to do. And it's kind of like demonized to yeah. go shooting there. So, man, that's actually where I met George. I met George. He came through one of my classes oh, okay. that I taught at Paulo yeah. when I was teaching with Magda. Yeah. And, um, man, I forget when that was. George, you have to remind me when that was, man. Um, oh, hell, I was going to say it's like 2012 or 13, yeah. somewhere in there. It's been a minute. So... We're going to be back at Paula and then, let's see, do I have anything after Paula in March? Think that's it for now. No, I think that we'll yeah. probably end up kicking yeah. classes back off here in, in uh, Yakima in yeah. April. Yeah. So it all depends on the weather. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously this past March has been all kind of jacked up, which yeah. you guys know why. Um, but I think we'll, we'll start resuming local classes here in Yakima in um um, uh, April, yeah. maybe March, depending on the weather. And one more thing to add, guys, we have only two more slots available for our October PR 101 here in Yakima. Um, that class filled up super fast with people that were trying to reschedule after yeah. COVID yeah. and all this nonsense. Yeah. So that'll be cool. It's going to be a great time of year out there too. It's It'll be fall and super mellow temperatures and definitely not 107 like last couple weeks. It's been kind of brutal. Check out our website, guys. I get, I, we, I, we get a lot of questions in our, in our, in our, uh, uh, messages, um, about, uh, you know, what kind of courses you run. That's all on the website. Um, you know, the types of courses we run, PR 101 and, and the differentiations between the two. Um, I think one thing that Kaylin and I are going to hopefully get to you guys by, uh, I would say mid April or sorry, mid April, mid September. It's already, it's, I can't believe it's already August. Uh, mid-September is our uh, calendars so that uh, we can um, give you guys an insight if you're interested into our mentorship program yeah right so that you'd be able to see our schedule and it's like hey I've got these two dates available I want to train in a mentorship style program which I highly recommend especially you know if if there's one or two you guys uh, you'd be able to see what weekends or what days we're free to do that yeah the the mentorship program is always great for those that that kind of flourish or desire that kind of learning environment. Yeah, we. I mean, it, it's super cool because we're able to. Again, we when when you when you do that type of training with us, we uh, tailor the training to your needs yep. and your wants, yep. right? Based off of your learning style, based off of what you want to get at, what what you plan on doing with long range shooting. That's what we ask. I was like, hey, you want to be a competitive shooter? So we'll, we'll train you how to be competitive. Do you want to be a, uh, you know, um, more in law enforcement or military, or do you want to be a hunter? You know, yeah. we're going we're gonna to guide you through, uh, you know, that, th- those aspects based off of what your, uh, your application is. Yeah, you can expect a phone call. So we'll get on the phone with you. We'll chat with, your, um, we'll chat with you based upon your needs and try to get to know you. Um, figure out what your background is and what your proficiency level is so that way we have something to you know kind of expect and tailor the training program for what your needs are that way we're not going over things that you already know and wasting your time and you know just maximizing the time that you have with us so that way we're getting you know we're getting you to ninja status that fast or at least trying to anyways damn I think we covered a lot we did um, about an hour and a half. About an hour and a half in now. Yeah, we're like an hour and t- yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I think it was so, good, dude. Yeah, I mean, it was really good. Um, again, guys, we're really sorry. I know you guys thought the podcast was dead and all this stuff, and it's like, no, it's not dead. I promise. 
It's just we've had a really batshit crazy last month and a half and um, just trying to get as much stuff done as we can while, while Phil's here and that's that was just our, our main focus. And so you guys can expect to start seeing or listening to weekly podcasts yeah, again. Yeah, um, That's going to happen. Um, we're getting really close to some super rad projects that I'm really excited yeah, about. Yeah. Um, we're going to be doing some stuff with Stone Glacier. Yep. We're going to be doing some stuff with um, American Rifle Company. Yeah. I'm going to do some action reviews, yep. uh, rifle build reviews. Yep. I got a new hunting rifle coming. Yep. So there's a lot of content that's going to be created oh, yeah. and, and yeah. put out to you guys. <clears throat> like Phil mentioned, we're working on the, um, the, next, the next installment of the online training program. So, um, I mean, if you guys haven't already, uh, uh, figured out already, like I picked up a camera to help shape the narrative of modern day sniper and create content for us. Right. Uh, because I know what I'd like to see from a, uh, users or a viewership standpoint, uh, because let's be honest, like when you, when you watch someone shoot long range, it's kind of boring, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you don't, you're not like, you're not seeing, what you're not seeing what they're saying. You're not yeah. feeling, you're not, you're not like feeling them. Yeah. And it's you know, big, it's a big yeah. difference. Man. Like, you know, when you're on a gun, it's like, oh man, like it's intense. But when you're watching someone do it, you're like, <sighs> <laughs> so I'm trying to find ways to bring it to life. Right. And, um, and that, that, that's what you can expect from the content that Kayla and I are going to push out. It's like, we're going to modernize it. We're going to bring it to life. And honestly, um, I, I really, really would appreciate if you guys signed up uh, online uh, for the, the, the online training for the, the two free classes that, that Kaylin has out for us because that's where we're going to add on to the library of free training. Um, YouTube right now, just especially with everything going on, uh, uh, YouTube really hurts the, the guys that are on the two-way side of the house. You know what I mean? The guys um, that have already established or, you know, they, they kind of got their foot in the door, but a lot of their videos are getting flagged. You know what I mean? So we're, we're trying to stay away from the YouTube platform. We know we, we lose a lot of eyes by doing that. But again, our, our focus is for that serious guy that is diving a little deeper, right? Uh, uh, you guys, you guys are, are finding us through... Uh, whether it be social media or whatever, you know, uh, we don't want that old FUD that's out there, you know, thinking that it's 270s and or 30 out six of the greatest things since sliced bread, right? Um, you know, we want the guy that is continually researching and diving deeper into uh, trying to be better at their craft and, you know, expect a lot of free videos and stuff that we talked about to not be on YouTube, to be on our online training platform. Yeah, so there's there's nothing that Kajabi can't do. Um, yeah. That uh, you know, that YouTube can't do. Yeah. Right? It's the yeah. same same. Yeah. Only we have the ability to completely control that, and yeah. and um, that way it's uh, it's all in one spot. You, you know, and and the library is going to continue to grow. Yeah. It's going to continue to grow as as we develop more stuff and. Um, I'm just excited, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a really cool fall. Um, I'm looking forward to a lot of great hunts and experiences with friends. Um, Ian Harrison and I are gonna be going hunting here pretty quick, which I'm super excited about because we're going back up to uh, one of the same the same areas that uh, I killed a mountain buck a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I'm super excited about that. And wintertime is just going to be filled with training and new classes and new content new material um before 
assuming that we're gonna do we're we're gonna do a podcast next week, guys. But before this next podcast that we do, so you guys listen to this, there's some there's gonna be a reason why we were away for how long? Yes. Like three, four weeks. Yes, there is. And totally. It it it's one of a kind. Um that's been never been done in this industry, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but something's coming, and it'll be here before the next podcast. Agreed. So, um, well, I appreciate we appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks again from January. I mean, even on our last platform, for people that, that have carried over. Uh, but you know, from from January to now. Uh, the support has been real. Yeah, um, we appreciate yes. all the comments. Uh, we appreciate <clears throat> all of that fuel that gives us, that, that continues this train, really. I mean, um, it's awesome. Uh, I, I mean, I, I can't. It, it's awesome to meet you guys at the ranges to come yeah. up and say, hey, appreciate what you're doing. That's, that's super cool. And, and, and I hope that we give that vibe. Like... <clears throat> There's people out there that just have that. It's like, I never want to come up to that guy just because he just doesn't seem personable. It's like, I hope that I never, I never hope I put that barrier up because I want you to be like, hey, I listen to your podcast. Thanks for everything. That's awesome, man. Like, introduce yourself. I want to get to know my audience. You know what I mean? And, for sure. And, you know, tell me why you got on a long range because that, that for me is the most fascinating part about what we're doing now and the audience that we have. It's like, especially when people are not coming from our background, mm -hmm. why they got in the long range, sure. what they're, what, All the what stories are interesting. it's super cool. Yeah. It's super cool to have a, a guy that pulls tooths for a living, wanting to get into long range <laughs> shooting. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Mr. Christian. So, cool guy. All right, guys, you guys know the drill. Um, please, uh, if you guys like this episode, if you like the podcast, please uh, refer to a friend or a partner to get you, you know, to get in the long range. But, uh, that's all we got for this episode, guys. You guys know the drill. Keep your face on the gun. Right on, man. See you guys later. Take care. Thanks, guys.